One of my goals with the Secret Podcast is to make the supernatural more natural and the paranormal more normal. These are events and occurrences that happen as a part of our natural and normal everyday lives. We've just been conditioned to ignore them and deny their existence. Well, it's time to undo that conditioning. I'm proud to announce that Ray Davis and I of Sixth Sense Media have created our own Sixth Sense Media clothing line. We can't always go up to somebody and say, hey, what do you think about disclosure and UFOs and aliens on the earth? But you can wear one of our Disclosure Now t-shirts and get people's attention. Start the conversation or connect with another like-minded person who sees your shirt. If you're a truth seeker or someone looking to enact positive change in the world, why not wear it with pride? Connect with other like-minded truth seekers and become the change you want to be and see in this world. Visit SixthSenseMedia.net, click on the store tab, and become the change you were born to inspire. Visit SixthSenseMedia.net, click on the store. Welcome to Truth Seekers. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. But there's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. Hello, friends, and welcome to The Secret Podcast with Six Sense Media. It's the show that challenges reality, questions that which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring the direction of thought to bring about change. We make the paranormal feel quite normal and the supernatural quite natural. That's exactly what I need to do once again on this episode of The Seeker Podcast. Great to be here, my friends. It is Friday evening, May 31st at 10 o'clock in the evening. Getting ready to move into the weekend. I want to talk about UFOs this week. A couple big articles over the last week or two between the Washington Post, the New York Post, the New York Times. Um... I got a lot of commentary on it, uh, the way the story's being uh, being spun. We've been tracking this for a while. As you know, it's one of my favorite things to discuss, and I assume all of you out there enjoy this subject as well because uh, it just keeps going on and on and on, and my fear is that it's going to be spun and spun and spun and then used to somehow move us in a particular direction, whether of thought or actual action. I'm not sure yet. Uh, if you can hear my voice, I- I'm losing it. I have no idea why this happened, I guess, about three or four hours ago. I was at the beach with my kids. Uh, I actually woke up feeling great today. My whole family was sick all week again. I don't, Man, we just get these illnesses. It's just from having young kids, man. They're always going out places, putting their hands in crap, and then putting their hands in their mouth. And then, you know, they come home, and you're smiling to see them, and they cough in your mouth. So everybody gets sick. It's so much fun. So we were down for the count for a couple of days. But I, today I felt like 200% today. And I still feel great today. But a couple of hours ago my voice just went. But I got to say, I kind of like when my voice, I feel like I have a real radio voice when it gets like this. Maybe it's just all me, you know, thinking I'm something I'm not. But I like it. So I'm going to go with it. Hopefully it's not annoying you too much. But I'll tell you, at this rate, I don't know if I'm going to make it through the whole show. It seems to be... Uh, just getting worse and worse. So I'm sipping some hot tea. You may hear me clinking my, my mug every so often. I'll try not to slurp into the uh, microphone. I have that misnomer. You know, that, that chewing sound just makes you enraged. Yeah, I got that. So I'll try not to do that and torture those of you out there that suffer as well. But uh, I don't know. What can I say? There's a lot going on in the world. Um, I hope that you've been tracking this show and heeding the advice that I've been giving um, directing you towards getting smart on cryptocurrency. And I say that not just to plug the crypto viewing team that I'm working with, but my friends, the change is coming and it's coming very soon. And I think you need to be informed and understand how this new economy works and is going to work. And you have a chance to get in and better your economic situation, uh, but you need to do it soon. Do your own research, validate everything I say. Let the cryptocurrency thing be a team be a, the cryptocurrency, the crypto viewing team be a starting point for you. If you want to go and then cross-reference and do your own research, I highly recommend it. That's what I did when I first got recruited on the team because I was very skeptical. And uh, look, I keep bringing this up here because I believe it's important. 
and all of you out there are important to me. So do your homework and do it now. Make it at the one of the top priorities of your lists and, uh, and go from there. All right, moving on. Uh, I want to do some news stories. Uh, again, if you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's show with Daz Smith, fascinating interview. Uh, I'm working on getting part two out. I got to clear it through the crypto team still, but where we talk about dads visiting the moon multiple times and other viewers and the consistent data that they're getting. We're not alone, friends. We're not alone at all. So um, look for that. Hopefully I can get that out here on this platform as well. Um, learn remote viewing. Go to Daz's website, 8Martinis. I'm sorry, that's his, that's his uh, book. Go to remoteviewed.com. 8Martinis is his free magazine. Um, wealth of Resources. I've got an article in here I'm going to cover in a minute, and it it's just going to give you a glimpse of how bad the fake news, fake media platform is now. Again, not saying it to scare you. We need to be informed. We need to be aware. You know, I was out... I want to make this statement without sounding without sounding like I'm pompous or smarter or better than anybody. I don't mean it that way. I think that we are all here on a journey. And some of us actively seek and find that journey. Some of us lose our way and just get sucked into the, the system and just drone through life. And you're just not switched on anymore. And your world is what the news tells you. And basically, I go do my job. On the weekends, I drink some beer. And I don't really think about things beyond my sphere of influence. I don't think about reality. I don't think about the future and the, the ancient... They, there's just no challenging thought. It's like I got through middle school, and that's my worldview... And I was I was out and I was just I was surrounded in an amusement park and I was surrounded by a ton of people and that was just the vibe I had. Like we're here, we like our, our beer, we like eating, you know, junk food, fast food, and we we, we just don't I can't explain it other than saying it's it's a vibe. It's a feeling that's just a round of, of I don't care about anything else, and if you come and talk to me about UFOs, it's going to be on fall on deaf ears, because they don't have the, I know this sounds judgmental, and I don't mean it this way, but there's so many people that just don't care about this stuff, and again, that's their journey, and we can't judge them for it, and it's not our job to go shake them and wake them up. I'm venting about it here because it frustrates me a little bit. Um, I was online and I shared one of the articles I'm going to dive deep into tonight. It was a Washington Post article talking a little bit more about some of the testimony of the Navy pilots saying, hey, there's there's UFOs up there and they're doing things we can't do. And I'm talking to somebody I know and he's saying, well, I'm really skeptical. I said, okay, it's good to be skeptical. but And I listed not theories, not opinions, not shaky camera videos because it's like every video I've seen has been blurry I said listen you've got mainstream publications now including the Pentagon including trained officials the best pilots in the United States military in the world who are trained to identify aircraft stating these craft outmaneuver any aircraft known to our civilization right now and I, I gave him all this detail and his response was well, I listened to one interview, but I'm still skeptical. And it's like, I, I get it for some people it's cognitive dissonance. For some people it's like, well, I, I just don't want to accept it. I don't know what it is. But it's like that scene from The Matrix where they're walking through the city and everybody's dressed in black and white. And he says, if you're not one of us, you're one of them. You're still plugged into the system. And, and if you think about AI, if you think about us in a simulation or some kind of virtual reality... And you have that program running through you, and somebody says, hey, here's something that's going to shatter your paradigm. I, and I've read this referred to as the Agent Smith syndrome. Agent Smith comes through that person and just defends it. Um, it's tough. And, and I'm dealing with a lot of that stuff. And here's the hard thing, guys. Like, 
again, if you listen to the show consistently, I, I assume you're on a similar path and you come into this, like I come into this knowledge sometimes and it's, it's some of the most exciting, con like you get this connection and I'm just freaking out. Like, oh my God, it'll be like the tiniest little detail. Like, I'll, and I'll read it and I'll go, wow, this is huge. And there's nobody around me that I can talk to. I've got very few people I can talk to about this stuff. And every so often it's like, well, let me try because I just need to say it. I can't sit and do a show right now. I can't call somebody. I need this. I need to talk to some. So I'll find somebody you know in my area that I can get in touch with or whatever. And I'm like, yo, check this out. You know what I'm into. And I'll go through it real quick. And I'm excited. Like in my opinion, it's like, hey, we just got the proof we needed that you know, ETs exist or something. And the stare I get, it's like if, if somebody could cue the noise track of crickets, like, you know, like, it, and it's just, it's just very anticlimactic for me. I'm, I need, I need to share in that excitement. And uh, I know my brain jumps around a lot. I got in trouble, not in trouble, but yeah, I guess I did get in trouble when I was in the military. Um, I'd be doing analysis and a report would come through and I'd be like, holy shit, this is connected to this and then and I'd, I'd go running off to like present something and my boss would be like nappy stop i said no no dude, read this and it was like two liners like you know this vehicle was seen in this town and it was this color and she'd she'd be yelling at me like this means nothing to me and so i'd have to go back and show her like 15 reports how it all connected and it's just it's just my brain works that way so it gets frustrating sometimes i don't know why i'm sharing that story but uh, it just felt relevant. Anyway, maybe I should just get on with the show and stop boring you with my, uh, whatever, my antics here. I got some interesting news articles here, guys. This one here from The Daily Dot. Listen to the headline. Facebook lawyer says users have no expectation of privacy. Dun, dun, dun. Now, did this article make it sound worse than it really is, or is that like a, a no kidding statement here? Uh, a lawyer for Facebook argued in court Wednesday that the social media sites users have no expectation of privacy. According to Law360, Facebook attorney Oren Snyder made the comment while defending the company against a class action lawsuit over the Cambridge Analytical scandal. There is no invasion of privacy at all because there is no privacy, Snyder said. In an attempt to have the lawsuit thrown out, Snyder further claimed that Facebook was nothing more than a digital town square where users voluntarily give up their private information. You have to closely guard something to have a reasonable expectation of privacy, Snyder added. Although Snyder said the social media site would be focusing more on privacy in the future, U.S. District Court Judge Vince Chabria, uh, Chabria reportedly pushed back on Facebook's argument. What you're saying now sounds contrary to the message that Facebook itself disseminates about privacy. Uh, so anyway, this goes on. Uh, you know, let's read this last part here. Snyder's statement came just hours before Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg told company shareholders during their annual meeting Thursday that Facebook would become a privacy-focused social platform. Yeah, right. The meeting held at Hotel Nia in Palo Alto, California, was also met with protest by civil liberties groups calling for the CEO's firing. A proposal at the meeting to have Zuckerberg step down, step down as CEO was voted down. However, given that Facebook co-founder currently controls the majority of voting shares. So, yeah, of course, he's not going to vote himself out of uh, out of power there. But uh, it's interesting, you know, you know, because my understanding of privacy when I was a private investigator um, was I can do certain things as long as like I can capture video um, in public places as long as I'm not violating somebody's reasonable expectation of privacy. So. I would, if when I worked in retail security, I could have cameras anywhere I wanted as long as it wasn't a place where somebody expected it to be private. So in a dressing room, I cannot put a camera. I cannot hide in a dressing room. I cannot have a two-way mirror in a dressing room. I'm violating that person's expectation of privacy. Um, when I think about Facebook, if I put a post up there publicly, I have no expectation of privacy. But what happens if I send a private message to somebody? I have an expectation of privacy when I send that message out. Do I not? Well, Facebook obviously is, is mining that data and using that data um, because you're seeing ads that are popping up in there that are relevant to some of the things that you talk about. Um, 
So it, it really makes you wonder. And then your search habits and the things that you're clicking on and all that data, you know, if, if I'm looking at something um, at searching different groups, searching for uh, different products, my expectation isn't that somebody is going to be taking that data, storing it and compiling it and then selling it to people who then want to turn around and sell me things. Um, but you don't read the, we don't all read the fine print when we sign up for Facebook either. So I'm sure it's in there. I haven't read it in a long time, but it's in there telling you what they're doing. Um, so we need to be careful, be careful what you're putting out there. This is the future, my friends, and we need to be comfortable navigating this. And, and as I've said before, and I know my tune has changed a little bit, um, we can choose to just completely unplug, but then we lose a major tool, a major way to interact with our society. We need to find a way to safeguard what we don't want out there. And that's becoming increasingly difficult um, and still interact with the world. I don't think shutting everything out and going um, and, and living by yourself, it, you know, unplugged is the answer. And, and it brings me to another point here, you know, in, in talking about I've been listening to a lot of people talk. Maybe it was a Tony Robbins talk about a couple, quote unquote, gurus and, and things talk about when you're looking for enlightenment, when you're trying to do that, they said anybody can go be a monk and sit in a cave and learn to meditate. That's easy. Trying to find that peace and balance in your life while being married with children, holding down a job uh, and pay, trying to pay bills, that's the real challenge. And that's what the majority of us are facing so we can go unplug and disappear from the world and you may get some spiritual insights but i think the real lessons to be learned are how do we navigate this system and truly find freedom within that system or a way to escape this system and i don't think escaping means going into the woods and unplugging i think that's just hiding uh the more deeper i dig in this but how do we do that? Uh, and, and that's going to bring me back to meditation. And in a minute, I'm going to talk more about remote viewing. Let's move on to the next article. And I want you to go to sixcentsmedia.net. Uh, make sure you're signed up for the secret newsletter. The, the links will be in all the social media sites as well for this. With the newsletter, it comes out. I share it in the social media now so you can see it that way. But sign up for it because you get all this extra stuff. I want you to click on this link and you may have seen videos like this before it's uh this is from metro online it's uh deep fake porn and the ethics of being able to watch whatever your imagination desires wow two weeks in a row i'm talking about pornographic stuff pornography online attracts millions of erotica hungry people ready to see sex on demand you can simply ask your phone to show you anything you desire and there it is anytime any place with the advent of deepfake porn, the possibilities have expanded even further with people who have never starred in adult films looking as though they're doing sexual acts on camera. Experts have warned that these videos enable all sorts of bad things to happen, from pedophilia to fabricated revenge porn. What are deepfakes? Deepfakes are videos and images that use deep learning AI to forge something not actually there. This can be done to make a fake speech, to misrepresent a politician's views, or to create porn videos featuring people who did not star in them. They've made, they're made in two ways, using a generative adversarial network or GAN. This is a type of AI that has two parts, one which creates the fake images and one that works out how realistic it is, learning from its past mistakes. Auto Number two, autoencoders are another way to create deep fakes. These are neural networks that can learn all the features of a given image then decode those features so they can change the image. These methods vary in efficiency and quality with GANs giving less blurry results but being trickier to train. Samsung recently created an AI that was able to make deep fake videos using single images, including the Mona Lisa's and the girl with the pearl earring. We saw these iconic paintings smile, talking, and looking completely alive. So uh, I'm going to say this for you to... Uh, for you to check out. Oh, wait, here, let's read this too. In in recent weeks, there has been an explosion of face swapping content with Snapchat and Snapchat and FaceApp, among others, releasing realistic filters that allowed you to see your looks as the opposite gender, as well as previous aging filters going viral once more. 
A number of celebrities have had their faces superimposed on the pornographic videos with likes of Selena Gomez, Emma Watson, Scarlett Johansson, and Jenny from the girl group uh, Blackprint falling victim. Do not go Google it, my friends. Uh, deep fakes of Donald Trump and Barack Obama have been made, and there are concerns that they could be used to undermine democracy as well as people's personal privacy. Uh, privacy. Uh, you know, Alec Baldwin would be out a job once this comes online officially because you can just use the uh, the AI to impersonate Trump. DARPA in the U.S. has spent millions on media forensics to thwart these videos, working with academics across the world to detect what's real and otherwise. And believe you me, if they've spent millions to be able to dissect and determine what's fake, they also have the technology to fabricate their own. Looking at basic basic psychological operations in the military, PSYOP, they drop leaflets over countries with different propaganda messages telling people to surrender. Now, everybody has a phone, and if they don't, believe me with the agenda, they will have a smartphone in the near future. If you can put a great fake of their leader, of somebody they care about, this is the early stages of Project Bluebeam, my friends, if you've listened to us talk about the holograph that's going to be up in the air of Christ uh, appearing to people, giving messages and telling them what to do or go surrender, go do this, go do that. You have somebody you respect and admire on your phone coming out, making a statement that is believable because it doesn't look fake. People are going to respond. And so what if a few hours later they say that video was a fake? If you want to try, you do something to get mass adoption, quick action, that is real power. So what are we saying right now? Because there's a video attached to this article here. And the video is of Barack Obama saying a whole bunch of different stuff. And then the video cuts away to a, a by uh, a split screen. And what the split screen shows you is an actor, I forget his name, actually speaking, doing a Barack Obama impersonation. And his mouth synced up with Obama's mouth and his hand movements synced up with Obama's hand movements. So the AI is picking up this other person's audio and his facial movements. And it looks exactly like Obama is speaking, but he's saying things that Obama would never say. He's cursing. He's doing all this, all this crazy stuff. So we we can't trust what we're seeing anymore. We, you just, we boom. That's where it is right now. You know, and and what he's saying is you need to get to a trustworthy news source. But at the same time, what is trustworthy anymore? Um, we need to really be cautious with what we're looking at and with what we're consuming. I've, I've covered it in a previous store, in a previous show, you know, AIs, uh, they say by the next election, AI is going to be able to craft its own fake news stories. And we know how much metadata is out there about us right now. It's going to be tailored to your likes and to your fears. And I'm not spreading fear here. We need to hone our intuition. We, this, this is where I'm getting to with the remote viewing stuff. And it, remote viewing is not the end all be all. But remote viewing is a tool when something massive comes out, as we are going to see in the next couple of years, major announcements coming out, and you're going to have decisions to make based on that news. If you have a talented remote viewing team, you can take that information, make sure you're doing this blind, you can create a target, and you can evaluate the validity of that information. And then you can make your decision accordingly beyond that develop your intuition meditate so when it first comes out you can let listen to what your gut tells you that that doesn't sound right to me i'm not going to pay attention to that that's got to be fake there are options out there and then you take that intuition you take that remote viewing data and then you start digging deeper and you go out and you start doing your research and that's how you use the internet to work for you. Don't just consume what's thrown at you. You need to watch this video. I've seen this years ago. This is even better. Okay, so just be mindful of it. I'm gonna go through this one pretty quick. This one's from Metro as well. Mysterious flashes of light observed on the moon's surface. Now right away my head's like, oh, it's UFOs. This is it. 
But they, of course, explain it away. And it makes sense scientifically what they're saying, I guess. But anyway, let's listen to it. Scientists have launched a bid to observe and understand mysterious flashes of light on the surface of the moon. The transient luminous lunar phenomena occur several times a week and illuminate parts of the moon's landscape for a brief period of time before disappearing. So they want to see what these flashes of light are, which I think is great. I think we're doing a lot more studying of the moon. They say this goes back to at least the 1950s. Um, some of the theories are because they think the moon has some seismic activity, maybe some gas is being released, and then that's interacting with the atmosphere, and it's causing these quick, bright flashes. That's possible. Maybe there's craft that are flying around on the moon as well. Um, I'd say any more attention on the moon is great, so we can see what's up there. Um, you know, keep your eyes to the sky, but we're definitely seeing more and more uh, space stuff coming out and I, I think it's important oh it also says here um they're going to be using ai to record and process um all of this data as well so i mean ai is just doing everything man it's doing everything for us that's the future my friends I'm not saying it's good or bad i'm just saying it's 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 not even that it's coming it's here all right let's talk about actual ufo stuff what's in the mainstream right now uh, if you haven't done it yet, I, I have through SoundCloud. It's on the Sixth Sense Media page. Um, there's, I've compiled a playlist. I think I need to update it right now, but there's 13 podcasts in there. And this goes back to uh, when Trump was running for president. What was that, 2016? and Wiki, Or maybe 2015 when WikiLeaks was coming out. And uh, they were looking at John Podesta and Edgar Mitchell and Tom DeLonge at the very beginning of this current series of UFO interest in our modern history. Um, and that seems to be all the mainstream is focused on is the current stuff. They're not worried about what's been going on, you know, for millennia. But anyway, if you, if you want to get caught up to speed on that look it's it's like the disclosure playlist or something it's it's, it's easy to find uh through just go to sixcentsmedia.net click on the secret podcast tab it's down on the bottom uh it's usually in the secret newsletter I, I have it linked in a bunch of different spots or just go to the soundcloud page and um you want to get caught up it's about 13 podcasts you can probably get through it in a couple days unless you want to listen straight through and, and it goes through kind of my analysis my breakdowns a lot of references there's some comparison to the predictions that uh, Bill Cooper made and Project Bluebeam and you know my journey in evolution as I'm dissecting this and unpacking it so you want to get a good understanding solid knowledge base of what's been going on with these efforts it looks at Stephen Greer's stuff and, and he's had some good disclosure things coming on uh, it's just a wealth of information go back and listen to those playlists um, it, it'll be well worth your time investment in time I promise you okay um Let's look at this now. So this article is from the New York Times. I have it at NewYorkTimes.com. It's dated May 26, 2019, and it's titled, Wow, What is That? Navy Pilots Report Unexplained Flying Objects. Navy pilots, okay? Not just some random guy who flies crop dusting, okay? It, it's a Navy pilot. So <clears throat> the strange objects, one of them like a spinning top moving against the wind, appeared almost daily from the summer of 2014 to March 2015, high in the skies over the East Coast. Navy pilots reported to the superiors that the objects had no visible engine or infrared exhaust plumes, but that they could reach 30,000 feet and hypersonic speeds. These things would be over there all day, said Lieutenant Ryan Graves, an F-18 Super Hornet pilot who has been with the Navy for 10 years and who reported his sightings to the Pentagon and Congress. Keeping an aircraft in the air requires a significant amount of energy. With the speeds we observed, 12 hours in the air is 11 hours longer than we'd expect. In late 2014, a Super Hornet pilot had a near collision with one of the objects, and an official mishap report was filed. Some of the incidents were videotaped, including one taken by a plane's camera in early 2015 that shows an object zooming over the ocean waves as pilots questioned what they were watching. Wow, what is that man, one exclaims. Look at it fly. Now these are experts at identifying aircraft. And they have no idea what it is and are amazed at what it's doing. All right, back to the article. No one in the Defense Department is saying that the objects... This is an important paragraph. No one in the Defense Department is saying that the objects were extraterrestrial. 
and experts emphasize that earthly explanations can generally be found for such incidents. Lieutenant Graves, uh, is it Graves or Graves? I don't know. And four other Navy pilots who said in interviews with the New York Times that they saw the objects in 2014 and 2015 in training maneuvers from Virginia to Florida off aircraft carrier Theodore Roosevelt make no assert assertions of their provenance. So, and I understand the pilots, what the pilots are saying is we're not going to guess where they come from. We're not making any comments on where they come from. Now, the way this article is written, it says, no one in the Defense Department is saying that the objects were extraterrestrial. I, the wording of this is the spin of the story. That sentence is what I've been seeing repeated over and over and over again. And that's for people like the guy I was having a discussion with who are panicking, going, this doesn't fit my worldview. This doesn't work for me. This, this is not what I've been taught. This is not what I believe. We don't have extraterrestrials here. We don't have a breakaway civilization. We don't have a government that lies to us. These things don't exist. If they do, there's got to be a rational explanation because I can't handle it. A sentence like this, the way it's worded, has them read what he said here. Where are we at? Uh... With speeds we observed, 12 hours in the air is 11 hours longer than we ex we'd expect. So the thing was going so fast, it should only have enough fuel to last an hour. It lasted 12. We, again, experts, we don't have the tech or the capacity to do that. That's a huge statement right there. But what, what people who are dealing with cognitive dissonance are going to focus on is no one in the Defense Department is saying that the objects were extraterrestrial. What it doesn't say is the Defense Department is saying they're not extraterrestrial. It doesn't say that. They're not saying it. They're not saying anything about what they are. We need to be clear with that statement because that statement is being used and misinterpreted as if it's saying they're not extraterrestrial. Now, it's it's very smart the way they worded this because the next the next part of that sentence says and experts emphasize that earthly explanations can generally be found for such incidents really what earthly explanation are you going to generally give me for a craft that can last 11 hours in a 12 hour scenario i'm sorry that, that it can last 12 hours when it should last one Give me an earthly explanation for that. I'd like to know who these experts are. Why don't you name your source in there if you're going to make a claim like that? Okay. Uh, and again, they only go back to 2014, 15 in this. And there was something else in here. Um, I want to read another report. I'm, sc I'm scaling through this. It, it talks about to the Stars Academy. talks about the ATIP program, yeah, the whole history of that. It, it's a good article to read with, with the, the history that was... Uh, has been allowed to be released right now. Um, but here's another story. Lieutenant Graves still cannot explain what he saw. In the summer of 2014, he and Lieutenant Danny Atcoin, another Super Hornet pilot, were part of a squadron, the VFA-11 Red Rippers, out of Naval Air Station Oceana, Virginia, that was training for deployment to the Persian Gulf. Lieutenant Graves and uh, Akion spoke on the record to the Times about the objects. Three other pilots on the squadron on the squadron also spoke to the times about the object, but declined to be named. Uh, where, where is it? I'm sorry. All right. I'll give you a summary of it. It's somewhere in this article. I don't want to waste your time here. A pilot was saying what the, what the article goes on to talk about is, uh, previously their aircraft were not equipped with radar that could detect these things. And then at some point radar is now able to see these craft. And the pilot was, flying and he sees it on the radar and he's looking and he's like it should be in my line of sight but i can't see it now the article doesn't say the craft was invisible it just says the pilot saw it on the radar but he was looking where it should be and the craft wasn't there so there's some kind of cloaking technology that we don't at least we don't acknowledge that we have and what the article goes on to talk about is that there was some near misses with these aircraft because initially the pilots were thinking maybe this is some deep dark project within the government um and, and we're just not going to ask questions about it because it's classified and whatever but after they started having these near misses they thought well the government would know that we're here 
and they wouldn't be stupid enough to risk our lives and our equipment. They wouldn't have these near misses. They wouldn't come anywhere near us if that were the case. And then that's when they started looking into it and going, wow, this might be something uh, not us. So uh, it makes you wonder. So, you know, the, the jury's out on it. Um, and again, I'm not making an argument that these things are extraterrestrial or alien or interdimensional. That'd be exciting if it was. And I, and I am saying that I think that's possible. I do think that we've been visited and maybe that's what they are. They could be from beneath the ocean. We haven't explored our oceans to the extent that uh, we need to. They could be inner earth. They could be an advanced civilization that hides deep in the mountains um, that's just been hiding among us throughout history. Um, they could be something else entirely. Some of these craft might not be craft at all. Maybe they're life forms. Maybe they're organisms. Maybe they're some kind of electromagnetic organism that we are just unaware of and don't have the capacity to understand yet. We've never studied. I don't know. There was the, uh, I did an early show years ago, um, Thunder Energies reported the detection of invisible life forms. And there was a lot of criticism about them, but they were claiming that in, a, in an attempt to look for dark matter, they found life forms that seemed to hover over military bases and moved around intelligently and, and did all these things. Fascinating story. It was published in a journal. Um, I haven't heard anything more about it, though. So I, I think that... Um, I, I think that there's a lot more to this story and, and there is, I'm going to share some more articles about this, but watch this closely, read between the lines. I know tonight on the history channel, the long and Elizondo, uh, their new show is starting and it's talking more about UFOs. They're gradually bringing this out to the public. Look, phase one, not fa modern day phase one was ancient aliens getting people used to the idea that maybe your god is an alien maybe aliens have been visiting us before in the ancient past um and just making it common enough where it's not so much of a shock phase two now we're getting a little bit more serious now again go back and study the wikileaks and read the things that the long and podesta were talking about the long's goal was to get people to like john podesta and to get the public and the youth targeting the youth here to support certain uh people certain political ideas and things of that nature as well so there's more to this going on um and fast forward today space force you know this is a convenient setup Right now, if you just say Independence Day, they're here, you might have absolute mass panic, uh, and it may not be able to call people to doing what you want them to do. But if you get people comfortable enough to, hey, these things might exist, let me draw that conclusion on my own, just kind of lead me in that direction in the background and gradually reintroduce it, and then we start seeing things, and now we need to... You need to relocate, you need to... Um, we need to build a space force, any, any number of things. Now you're, now you're, you know, problem, reaction, solution. So we're not getting the whole story. All right. Next article here. This one is from the Washington post and this one came out. When did this come out? May 28th. Okay. Just a couple days ago following the New York times article. And that's what happened last time. We had the uh, the New York Times article talking about the A-tip, the Pentagon, Lou Elizondo, the Tic Tac, Nimitz UFO. And then a few, that was a couple days or a couple weeks later, you had Chris Mellon's piece um, talking about uh, the same thing in the Washington Post. So here's another article here from the Washington Post following up to the New York Times. Are you seeing a pattern here? It's usually New York Times followed by the Washington Post talking about the same thing. They're supporting each other. They're mainstream. But here's what the headline is. UFOs exist, and everyone needs to adjust to that fact. Let's say that again. UFOs exist, and everyone needs to adjust to that fact. They're preparing people to get used to this idea. What will be the big reveal? UFOs are not the same thing as extraterrestrial life, but we should start thinking about that possibility. So here they go again. These aren't extraterrestrial. They're not saying they're not. They're saying they're not the same thing, and they're right. They're not. A UFO could simply be a weather balloon. It really could be. But we should start thinking about that possibility. They're gradually easing us in. 
and I'm not, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That might be for the benefit of the majority of people in the world who never thought about this stuff. But I am always cautious about the agenda and why aren't you just telling us the whole story because there's more that they aren't saying than there is that they are saying. So here we go. And, and, and make no mistake, I'm excited we're talking about it. I really, because maybe there'll be more people I can discuss and not feel like the crazy guy anymore. Um, let's read a little bit about this. The term UFO automatically triggers derision in most quarters of polite society. One of Christopher Buckley's better satires, Little Green Men, is premised on a George F. Will-type pundit thinking that he has been abducted by aliens with amusing results. UFOs have historically been associated with crackpot ideas like Bigfoot, or conspiracy theories involving crop circles. Again, the intro to this is downright insulting to people who have experienced these things. They're calling it crackpot ideas like Bigfoot and and then replacing crackpot with conspiracy theories involving crop circles. Again, there's strong research out there. So on one hand, he's saying gradually get used to this stuff, but a lot of the things that are affiliated with these things, they're still stupid. So I'm getting pissed off already. Just pause, Dennis. Here we go. The obvious reason for this is that the term UFO is usually assumed to be a synonym for extraterrestrial life. If you think about it, this is odd. UFO literally stands for unidentified flying object. A UFO is not necessarily an alien from another planet. It is simply a flying object that cannot be explained away through conventional means. Because UFOs are usually brought up only on crack jokes, however, they have been dismissed for decades. One of the gustiest working paper presentations I have witnessed was Alexander Went and Raymond Duvall presenting a draft version of Sovereignty and the UFO. In that paper... Eventually published in the journal Political Theory, Wenton Duvall argued that the state sovereignty as we understand it is uh, anthropocentric or constituted and organized by reference to human beings alone. They argued that the real reason UFOs have been dismissed is because of the existential challenge that they pose for a worldview in which human beings are the most technologically advanced life forms. Again, that's the worldview. That's the perception of... The general population, I will, I will say. UFOs have never been systematically investigated by science or the state, not publicly, because it is assumed to be known that none are extraterrestrial. Yet, in fact, this is not known, which makes the UFO taboo puzzling given the ET possibility. The puzzle is explained by the functional imperatives of anthropocentric sovereignty, which cannot decide a UFO exception to the anthropocentrism, while preserving the ability to make such a decision, the UFO can be quote known only by asking what it only by not asking what it is. When Wenton Duval made this argument, there were a lot of titters in the audience. I chuckled too. Nonetheless, the paper makes a persuasive case that UFOs certainly exist, even if they are not necessarily ETs. For them, the key is that no official authority takes seriously the idea that UFOs can be extraterrestrials. As they note, Considerable work goes into ignoring UFOs, constituting them as objects only of ridicule and scorn. In recent years, however, there has been a subtle shift that poses some interesting questions for their argument. For one thing, discussion of actual UFOs has been a topic of some serious mainstream media coverage. There is a December 2017 New York Times story by Helene Cooper, Ralph Blumenthal, and Lizzie Keene about the Defense Department's Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program which was tasked with cataloging UFOs recorded by military pilots. DOD officials confirmed its existence. Through this story generated some justified skepticism. It represented the first time the U.S. government acknowledged the existence of such a program. Then there were reports in last November about Amuamua, a mysterious cigar-shaped interstellar object that fell through our solar system out at an extraordinary speed. According to New York, Eric Levitz, Amuamua's shape and trajectory were unusual enough for some genuine astrophysicist to publish a paper. Not just genuine, I believe it was the head of the Harvard Astrophys Astrophysics Department 
That's my comment there. Suggests the possibility that it was an artificial construction relying on a solar sail. Again, this prompted skeptical reactions, but even those skeptics could not completely rule out the possibility that extraterrestrials actively were actively involved or extraterrestrial activity was involved. Again, back to my matrix analogy. I know I make so many of those guys. It's just so easy. When you're connected to that system, when that system when that system is challenged, the person connected will immediately defend that system. The very mind you're trying to save will defend the system. Okay. Then on Monday, the New York Times came out with another story by the same reporters who broke it in the 2017 story. The strange objects, one of them has been, and they're quoting the article I just read to you. Okay. Uh, the Times reports reports broke new ground by getting pilots on record. What is interesting about this latest news cycle, however, is that DOD officials are not behaving as Wenton Duvall would predict. Indeed, Politico's Brian Bender reported last month that the U.S. Navy is drafting new guidelines for pilots and other personnel to report encounters with unidentified aircraft, a significant new step in creating a formal process to collect and analyze the unexplained sightings and destigmatize them. Uh, my post colleague, Deanna Paul, followed up by reporting that Luis Elizondo. A former senior intelligence officer told the Post that the Navy new the new Navy guidelines formalized the reporting process, facilitating data-driven analysis, or removing the stigma from talking about UFOs, calling it the single greatest decision the Navy has made in decades. Listen, guys, uh, there's a little bit left in this article. Uh, I'm gonna skip one paragraph. Now, let's go. All right. What appears to be happening is that official origins of the state are now acknowledging that they exist, even if they are not literally using the term. They are doing so because enough pilots are reporting UFOs and near-air collisions so as to warrant better record-keeping. They are not saying that these UFOs are extraterrestrials, but they are trying to destigmatize the report of a UFO. Again, almost the same statement. They are not saying their UFOs are extraterrestrials. That's my my safe statement there. They're not saying they're extraterrestrials. But at least we're reporting it. And that's a good thing. That is a good thing. Still, the very fact that this step has been taken somewhat weakens the Wenton Duval thesis. This is always a two-step process. Acknowledge that they exist and consider that UFOs might be ETs. I don't think that weakens it at all. In recent years, the U.S. national security bureaucracy has met the first criterion. What happens to our understanding of the universe if great powers meet that second one. So at the end, they pose the question. I like this article a little bit better um, because it gets us thinking, you know, maybe UFOs are real. I mean, maybe ETs are real. Now, I, I know my logic is dizzying sometimes, but I think it's better, as I say at the end of every show, keep an open mind. We don't know until we know. And we need to be skeptical even when we get that, quote, confirmation that we're hoping for because it could be a deception. Okay, um, I think, again, remote viewing can help us with that as well. I keep giving these plugs here. It's important, my friends. Where is I going with this? This is coming out. I don't know. We're, we're, we're going to see. I, I, I'm guessing here, but I think we're going to start gradually seeing more and more information. I mean, this, I'm pretty sure this agenda is already planned. We're going to see more and more agenda uh, information coming out um, in, in greater capacities maybe they just want the public to draw their own conclusions, but I think they're going to try to pull more and more people in. You know, you look at the Post and you look at the Times, look at the people who read those papers, you know, they're, they're starting to suck people in. They're starting, they're, they're going to, I think, start getting this out more and more and more. Are we going to have one big event? Are we going to have a space-based event? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what this is going to look like yet, look like yet, but... Um, we, we need to keep tracking it, and it's important to stay informed. So um, there's a couple other articles. Look, I've got other articles. I'm running out of time, guys. I'm running out of voice. So I, I'm going to share them uh, in the show notes. There's just one real quick. It's an opinion piece, also in the Washington Post. Dear UFOs, please excuse the mess. I'm just going to read the introduction here. Um, this is by Alexandra. I don't know if it's Petrie or Petrie. She's a columnist. This is from today, May 31st. For some reason, there have been a couple of articles lately saying that people in the sky have seen other additional things in the sky they could not identify. Though I realize it's much more likely that these are weather balloons or government satellites or a bird that moved rapidly across the lens or a bit of dirt on the screen of your phone that looks like it's part of the image, 
but in fact is not, just on the slightest, slimmest off chance that they are not only these unidentified flying objects truly unidentified and flying, but also under the control of extraterrestrial beings, I have a message for them. Listen, uh, Alexandra, I understand you're using this story uh, as satire in order to promote what you really wanted to talk about was us making a mess of the planet. And I commend you for that. I, I really do. Um, but you're, you're just so dismissive here. And I feel like, did you even read the article in your paper, uh, you know, with, with, with your, um, with your organization, I realized it's much more likely that they're weather balloons or government satellites or a bird that moved. Do you realize that? Because if you did, you would have, if you read the article, I don't think you'd be making that statement. And that frustrates me. That frustrates me, but you're entitled to your opinion. Um, at the end, you do give the little plug that okay let's pretend that aliens are real anyway this is the kind of stuff we're seeing though guys and this is the same paper now it's sending a mixed message out there there's more going on and it's, it's important to wrap our heads around that for i think for our own mental growth and evolution i was listening to who the heck was it man somebody talking about preparing for disaster and we can't train for everything. I talked about this in my first book, um, you know, Service, how as a police officer, one of my greatest tools was mental role playing. Before I'd go to a scene, I'd think, okay, what, what could go wrong? What if this happens? What if that happens? What am I going to do? How am I going to handle it? And I'd run over my procedures over and over in my head. Uh, and, and research has found that if you practice things in your mind, it, it does, it is some form of training for you. Well, I think we need to mentally prepare ourselves for the announcement that we're not alone and they're here. But statements like this make it easy for somebody to say, well, nope, you know what? Yeah, it's just a weather balloon. I don't have to worry about this. I don't have to think about this. And I'm not saying acknowledgement of them is a bad thing. I'd be excited to hear that. Even if that acknowledgement was they're hostile. I don't want to hear that they're hostile. But even if it was, I would just, I would still be excited knowing part of it would be like, yes, it's validation and now we have a better glimpse of this reality and we can better interact with it because that knowledge is power if we apply it correctly or appropriately so i think statements like hers in the beginning although she's trying to be funny are dangerous at this point in time all right guys my, my voice is uh is gone i don't know what happened here man i just keep losing it so Again, I can't stress enough, my friends. Um, here's my thoughts on what we need to do right now to prepare for our, our near-term future. If you haven't done so already, you need to start looking. In, you need to look into cryptocurrencies. There's a lot of how-to videos. Start watching Dick Allgaier's um, little updates that he does. They're only like five to seven minutes long. And if you're if you're hooked, if you're interested, subscribe to the Patreon stuff. Get some little bit more in-depth information. You need to do it, I'd say, quickly um, because we're, we're looking at some changes coming soon. And I, I think you should start checking that out so you're prepared for the change. I'm not giving you a fear-based statement. I'm not trying to scare you into doing something. I don't get any extra money if you invest in cryptocurrency. The crypto viewing team doesn't get any extra money if you invest in cryptocurrency. I want you to be prepared because the less people who are panicked and broke, the less people will have to resort to some thing that's dangerous or detrimental to society that might negatively impact me and my family. If, if we can be informed and be prepared and be ready, then we don't have to panic when a transition happens. We're in, we have a sense of control and have a lot of control, but we do have some control of our own decision space. And I think that's important. So number one, you have resources that I'm referring you to go look at it, get involved in that now. Um, number two, meditate, remote viewing. I think they're essential tools in your click, in your circle, in your groups, with your family, with your friends, whoever listens to you. Start practicing now. There's a lot of, again, if you can afford to go get training 
from what I, I'm not a remote viewer. I'm, I'm someone who's trying to learn remote viewing. I'm not a remote viewer. I can't speak from the authority standpoint of a remote viewer. I can speak from the standpoint of somebody who works regularly with remote viewers. If you want to learn remote viewing, you have to get some training, but there are things out there you can do to start learning on your own. And if a worst case scenario happens and there's no way you can do that, I'd say self-taught stuff is better than no uh, training at all. So there's a lot of really good resources out there. You just have to find them. And Daz's website, uh, remoteview.com, is a great starting point for you. It has a lot of information. We need to be prepared to address the fake media challenges that we're facing now and we're going to be facing even more moving forward um you know and the next piece there's a lot of scary stuff there's a lot of negative stuff i, I hope you keep checking back at six sense media and yes here's a plug for my website but i'm also going to give a plug to my good friend ray davis he does daily affirmations and it's important that let that be a good starting point for you. If you're feeling down, if you get affirmations for everything under the sun, go listen to them. It helps. Uh, I, I listen to Ray's affirmations uh, to reprogram my mind and my thoughts um, because I'm, you know, with the work that I do, with the things that I research, it's easy to get a skewed mindset, a skewed worldview, and then I become horribly pessimistic. And I, I listen to Ray's stuff, and then I listen to Tony Robbins. I listen to Dean Graziosi. I listen to people who are motivational, uplifting, and inspiring. And I fill my cup with the positive stuff. You need to get into that routine or read books that are positive and, and affirmations. Um, you need to get into that habit as well because there's a lot of challenges coming. There's a lot of challenges we're facing now. And if your head's not right, it, it you're going to succumb to it. And I have fallen victim to this many times, it, including recently, because I get overwhelmed with this stuff. And I've been studying this for 20 plus years. I've been at this for a long time. And I still fall victim to it. And what I've found lately is meditating, exercising, eating healthy, and making sure you're balancing the scary stuff that you're looking into. Because let's face it, we're addicted. We can't look away with the positive stuff. It's important. And lastly, get up to speed on the UFO uh, agenda that's coming, that's going on uh, as well, because um, uh, that that's an important piece. Oh, and one more. Sorry, guys. Uh, climate change. Start looking at suspicious observers. Look at their uh, disaster, their, their cycle of catastrophe playlist. It's like 28 videos long. Um, that's another thing you need to, that's who was saying it, mental role-playing and preparing. Ben Davidson, sorry guys. I did a show on that a couple weeks back. Listen to that show and then go back and listen, look at Ben Davidson's links. I'll link to that show in my, uh, in my show notes and in the newsletter. You've got some homework, guys. Um, it, it's, look, I'm telling you, I'm not giving you fear-based stuff. I, I'm just, I'm just trying to tell you from my standpoint of where we are right now. If you're overwhelmed, Make a list of every category that I said and just pick to take the first step one thing at a time, one thing at a time. Any little bit of preparation is better than no preparation. It can be overwhelming. It can be scary. I'm not trying to do that to you. The resources are there one thing at a time and we can get there and we can we can thrive moving forward. I, I truly believe that. OK, but we got to put the work in. All right, my friends. I'm out of time. My voice is shot. I went 10 minutes beyond when I said I was ending the show. You know me. I like to keep going. Um, thanks so much for listening, my friends. I greatly appreciate every single one of you. Tell your friends. Share it. Get it out there. Spread the word. Please, for those of you that have been sharing this, uh, thank you. I've been checking some of this thing and seeing it random spots, the show, and it means the world to me. Um, so thank you so very much. I'm Dennis Nappy II. This has been another episode of The Seeker Podcast, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning and keep an open mind. Thank you.